0: Today in Canadian history for March the 9th, I'm Joe Barima. On this day back in 1970, Pierre Elliott Trudeau opened the first Arctic Winter Games in Yellowknife. The Games brought together hundreds of athletes from Yukon, the Northwest Territories, and Alaska. Nine contingents are now involved in the Games, including Russia, Nunavut, and Greenland. Bringing people together is a core element of the Games, with a focus on values such as cultural awareness and understanding, Fair play, integrity, and respect for self and others. What's more Canadian than that? Be sure to mark March 4th, 2012 in your calendar. That's when the 22nd Arctic Winter Games kick off in Whitehorse. I spoke with Chris Milner, the general manager for the 2012 Games, about the event. I reached him in Whitehorse.
1: Yes, so these games happen every two years, and they rotate around uh, around the circumpolar north. The criteria is you got to be north of 60 to participate, so we're talking about small communities. We're talking about people from small communities, and we're probably talking about the biggest event of their life. Uh, um, we're going to have people from Rankin Inlet, which is very small, traveling into Whitehorse, which is going to seem like... Uh, Seem like urban Toronto to them in a lot of ways. So, uh, we, have, we have a multiplex uh, Canada Games Center here. We hosted the Canada Games in 2007. So, I think uh, what makes these games special is that we have uh, amazing facilities. We have a lot of experience in the community hosting events, and yeah, I think it's going to be a real treat for, for, the, for the young people that are traveling from around the circumpolar north into Whitehorse to participate. <laughs>
0: The idea for the game sprung from the Canada Winter Games in Quebec City back in 1967. The national event is a great opportunity to bring Canadians together from across the nation, but a vision began to develop for a similar event designed for northern athletes to come together, develop skills, and compete on their own turf and their own terms. And the games reflect that vision to this day. The games don't just feature the standard winter events like snowboarding and cross-country skiing but also showcase traditional northern games.
1: Uh, But what makes these unique is that you're going to also see the traditional Arctic and Dene games. So the Dene being uh, hand games, uh, games of strategy, and the Arctic games being uh, games of strength and determination. So those are really what give uh, the games a unique flavor. yeah, I encourage anyone to, to see if uh, they can get three of their closest friends, uh, one holding their feet and one uh, on each arm and uh in a in a iron cross and walk across a gymnasium and see how long they last. Yeah. You're gonna see things things like that. Uh, there's uh, different different wrestling games. There's high kicks, uh, where people uh, uh you start on one foot and uh kick a ball or uh object above your head on that same foot. Imagine that it's a bit like uh, the Karate Kid, if, uh, if you can remember that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's uh, there, there's a there's a lot of athletic excellence uh, embedded in the imbe- embedded in the various uh, sports traditional traditional games that uh, kept people fit and strong uh, for hunting during the winter and uh, kept their minds uh, minds fresh. Yeah, I think these games have a massive impact. I mean, they're, they're, they're the biggest, uh, they're really the biggest event that happened north, north of 60. They involve between six and 7,000 people. When you start rolling in volunteers, media guests, and when you have a town of 20,000 people, that's, that's a big deal. So it impacts the economy in a positive way. Um, it impacts people's uh, perceptions and opportunities to participate in a positive way. Uh, for for many people, this will be the the, the first time they've they've uh, seen this many people in a room, for one thing, or in a gym, or uh, in in a in a arena, as it may stand. Um, yeah, so it has a has a lasting impact on on uh, on the community, the volunteers, the people that step up to help out, uh, the kids that participate,
0: uh, yeah, and the people that are the people that are paying attention. Today is a day full of Canadian history. On this day, back in 1977, Canadian Terry Fox went to a doctor concerned about a pain in his right knee. His right leg would be amputated above the knee. And New Brunswick women won the right to hold public office on this day, back in 1934. And as always, on this day, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW at 90.9 FM in Calgary. The executive producers are Joe Burima and Mark Affeld. Original music is provided by the Fitz Fletcher and May trio. This series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history.
1: There, there's there's tons of highlights from games to games and different different unique uh, aspects. When they held the games in Greenland, I I can vividly remember people cross country skiing past amazing colorful houses with the ocean in the background. Uh, um, but but I think every uh, every games itself has has its own um, magic. Um, I think what's consistent is that it, 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 they are magical. There, uh, people people come here to have a great time. Uh, they always do. And and they leave with memories that, that they won't uh ever forget.